In today's episode, I continue my conversation with director Paul Bourne as we focus on the art of storytelling. We investigate the key elements that make a good story and what draws us into and holds us in the narrative. We discuss the universality of stories, the joy of complicity and how we learn about ourselves through shared experience in the telling of stories. Please join me as we look at life through a different lens. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Perception Podcast with me, your host, Caroline Partridge. Now, um, last week, I was talking to Paul Bourne about creativity in the workplace. And because it was so interesting, we wanted to kind of extend the conversation um, because I felt that Paul had more to offer. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for coming yeah, back. My pleasure. Well, you mean you said I talked too much for the first one. And now uh, you want me to try and make some sense. Of, uh, I think I get, well, I get, I understand, I understand. Well, well, this, this, in this episode, what I'd really like us to sort of look at is, is storytelling and, um, and how you use storytelling in your work, because I know we talked about we talked about the roots of creativity and we talked about how, you know, different versions of creativity. And and I suppose you can use storytelling within that sort of entrepreneurial space. Mm. What I what I would really like to sort of interrogate and investigate in this conversation is is how we can use stories to shift perceptions, yeah. how you use storytelling um, and, and why it's so important. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're right. It does kind of go, go across a lot of the phases of um, work that I'm interested in. Um, we talked a little bit last time about how I'm using storytelling um, in business and what I, where I've been really, really interested in is working with um startups that are trying to tell their story particularly at the moment around climate emergency and climate change and that's very interesting talk about people's perceptions so i'm really working with um how how stories will connect with people's understanding of the value of the work that um that is being done and that then also is the same thing fundamentally with an audience you're not trying to convince an audience when we're in terms of theatre performances and the other part of my life. We're not trying to necessarily convince an audience of something. What we should be doing, I think, is opening up an audience's curiosity or question. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not much into telling. It's interesting because the, mm. the, the, the title that I use to sort of um, summarise the work both in the business world and in the theatre world is telling stories that matter. But actually, I don't want to tell. I do want to tell a story, but I don't t- want to tell someone what to think it's not the polemical in that sense it is opening up the kind of the juices to oh here's something that you know that okay you may not know about this it might be a factual kind of story so I tell you a story which is factual okay I recreate that episode I give you a truncated version I take you there and then you get to kind of immerse yourself in that world to understand a bit about that world I'm not telling you what to think about that world I'm just Describing, but obviously I've selected that story because I think it will have, have something of value. So that's why I'm I'm going to select that story. So whether it's in the business world, we're going to select a story which might be an example. This is the factual storytelling. 
which might be an example of climate change or something. And I'm going to explain that story to you and that will help you to understand the emergency Mm. that we're in. Now I'm also going to tell you a story in the theatre, which is a story I've selected, which may be a true story, a factual story, which I'm going to then offer to you to reflect on the way that you live your life or the way that you your community is so you everything becomes reflective of how you yeah well this is it isn't it we we learn through stories and Mm. and they're an incredible incredibly powerful tool to enable us to i suppose to transport ourselves you know and transport our thinking Mm. um in terms of, uh, as you say, you know, looking at issues, whether in a, a, a from a business uh, perspective, or looking at issues, say when we're, um, or, or looking at a, or following a story, and mm. I think what's for me or for you, I should say, what for you then within telling a story are the most important factors within mm. creating a successful story or creating a successful connection with the with the listener or the audience yeah well that's no that's i mean i uh, you're, you're you're right it's something you know that we're we're constantly struggling with or not struggling with but questioning so i suppose i'll start with that and i talked about this a little bit last week um for me um, a great story has some great questions to it, you know. Mm. I mean, so, so if you want to say, you know, if you, if we're talking about these uh, as broadly these factual stories, let's just say that whether it's on stage or you know, whatever environment, we'll, we'll go back and we'll recreate the facts. But then we ask, why did somebody do this? Why were they put into that position? Um, how did they cope with that challenge? What was the struggle? You know, how did it, you know, um, evolve? How, how did it change them? So you're ending up with a series mm. of questions, which then in reflection um, will we'll get you to ask questions about. So everything becomes relative to your own circumstance or you yeah. think, you know, um, you know, I was, um, you know, I was at a, um, a funeral last week or a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, you get people reflecting and the thing they always say, they tell some stories about someone, always, you know, positive stories about certain things they did. And, you know, and then and then they always, always end up by saying, I wish I'd talk to you more. I wish I'd spent more time with you. I wish I'd, you know, and then, and that makes you think, I wish I'd spent more time within this idea. I wish I'd heard more. I wish I'd uncovered more. I wish I'd learned more. I wish I'd spent more time thinking about this or doing. So the, the, the reaction when you hear a story about someone is, I wish I'd done that. I wish I'd spent more time with my father or my 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 child or whatever. Hopefully not a child at a funeral, but but you understand what I mean. It's um it's a parent or a grandparent. And so you're thinking, I wish I'd explored. So for me, we're exploring something. And I go back to this this um thought that I um I've I've had for a while about what makes a good story, and you ask that. Um and it is it it, it fundamentally it's about how much time I want to spend with it. So I'm listening. So is it gripping me? So I'm right now, am I, you know, I'm invested in this. I'm not look, not what, looking at my watch. I'm being transported somewhere. I'm, I'm learning something or I'm engaged rather than learning something. And so how much time do I want to spend with it? Wow, this feels like this time is a wonderful time for me to explore and travel and be taken somewhere. And then the key is to a really good story is how much time 
do I spend with it subsequently? So how much have I responded to it? Um, did it just make me laugh and make me go, oh, that is so funny when that happened or when that happened to somebody, I was so funny or so, oh, wow, that's amazing. And I just forget it, but I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed just being transported. It doesn't, but, but it's not going to change my life. Well, but I, but, but I, I really like this idea, though, of I think with stories, when you see something and it does touch you and you are transported and you walk away, it's almost when you're talking about reflection and you walk away with a little piece of it inside you. So yeah. it does. You know, you're saying it's not going to change your life, but maybe it will change you in some way Absolutely. because of yeah. what you've you know, what you've seen. Yeah, what you've tuned into. And I think, mm. so, so I, I suppose when this comment about, uh, what, what I, I guess, um, Caroline, what I was sort of saying in, in the first part of that answer or reflection is that is the story doesn't have to be something that is huge, that is going to be, yeah. you know, this is, you know, this is a, 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 you know, something that is already, before I start to tell the story, that I know or I think this is going to change your life. You have to know this. It doesn't have to be like that. It can just be something that transports us. But it's still asking nice questions. It's still getting us to reflect. But it's not. However, there are other stories which either are um, set out to really take us somewhere that really are going, we think, are going to really affect people and get them to think about the way they live their lives. However, what's very interesting is that we shouldn't assume that. So the yeah. small story, the simplest story, if you've mm -hmm. got, um, you know, you've got people on a podcast listening to a story or somebody in an audience at a theatre or at a business event, they're all going to have different, they've all come to that story from different points. Yeah, if completely. You, you know, because so their, per their perception of the world is it's, so it's, completely it's fundamentally different. It's and different, yeah. I'm talking about, you know, you, 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 you're, you're telling a, a story or you've got a performance or about some, something, someone's been affected by some, something, maybe something's happened in their life. Maybe they've been divorced or maybe they're, you know, the people who have been divorced in the audience or people who are thinking about being divorced in the audience or people who wish they were are, are so happy that they're not. Or, I'm so glad I never got married or, mm. wow, I'm, they're, they're constantly hearing something different. Mm. So, so if you're saying something, if obviously you know, it's good to have an opinion and a, and, a, and a sort of point of view, but the point is you're telling your story. This is what happened to me, or this mm. is what happened to this person. Here's their story. You accept it. You listen to it, and then you respond to it and react to it. And therefore, where you come in will be the really. I think where you get very powerful thinking about theatre storytelling, where you get very powerful stories about about how we, you know, how we live. Um, each person will come in with a very, very different kind of reaction to that. There may be some universal sense of I, I'm sad because of this or I'm empowered because of this, but we will definitely all. This idea of shared experience is quite interesting. You know, it's a great mm. name. It's a company called Shared Experience. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That was a great name. And I love that because, but I think there's a duality here. I think there is... Um, there is, it's, it's, and I guess what I'm saying is, as storytellers, we, to an extent, we're manipulating our audience. We're getting them to, we're saying, no, this is, this is something where it has a very sort of deep emotional kind of content. And we, we're going to, we're going to stage it and we're going to tell it in such a way that takes you deep into both the physical and emotional world here. And we think this will affect you in a certain way. And therefore, there's a sense of a shared experience. We're all sad or we're all moved. But, I think that the, the, 
we equally should be valuing a divided or a separate experience, i.e. Yeah. we should know that each individual will get a response. Therefore, we cannot just dictate that we think, therefore, everybody will be sad. So what? They got divorced. So what that this happens doesn't doesn't affect me. I understand it. I'll question it. But but we should not assume that everybody is going to react the same way. Well, this is it, isn't it? It's a very Western model of theatre that that we curate uh, the audience uh, response. You know, you and this is the bit where everybody cries. I hate this kind of. (laughs) I hate that. This is the bit where because you can feel it in the writing and in the direction when you're being manipulated. You know, and it's that this is the bit where everybody cries and this is the bit where you clap and this is the bit where we have to be very quiet. And and it kind of, for me, takes away the audience uh, a power and autonomy because actually, you know, the audience... When somebody is watching something, it's not... Uh, we're not doing that. That's not in a vacuum, you know, that there's a there's a there's an exchange of energy uh, and it's and it's a conversation isn't it it's a conversation between the performer and the audience except the audience aren't speaking you know the, the, yeah, necessarily maybe. exactly but maybe you know obviously depending we on have, the... you know we have done um lots of work so 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 I, I guess we've been talking in a very fundamental sense of you know um initially whether it's in a in a business story that i tell you the story of yeah. my business and then you don't answer until you've got questions that you don't respond until you've got questions yeah, yeah. And then you decide is this a good idea will i buy this we, and then again with the theater we're starting with the point this i'm in control as a storyteller of the environment and i'm mm-hmm. going to you know sit down um, I'm, and stand up and jump around and tell a story visually emotionally practically and you're going to respond to it but of course there are so many as you say caroline there are so many sort of different approaches of relationship to the audience um physically and emotionally and of course some of the um work that we do um, includes um things like much more interactive uh, or forum style theater where you where you get the audience will actually become involved in the action and will actually themselves start to give offer up ideas of how the story can evolve so we create a framework based on some facts or we and we establish those facts and then and and the 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 reason to do that has started out with us as as a lot of forum theatre sort of based on the work of Augusta Boal and others mm. has a very social kind of um, role to play in terms of the way that we live our lives, how we react to things, and initially around social injustice primarily. Mm. Um, in other words, we would see a scene. Um, and it would either be in a in a space that could be defined as a theatre or it could be in a more public space. It could even be in a space where people don't know that this performance is is taking place. Mm. I guess you could call it like a flash mob these days. Um, but 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 there's going to be a, um, a uh, something is going to happen. OK, mm. and then we're going to see how the, the public or the participants or the viewers then move that story forward. Now, of course, the information that they give will be based on their own 
perception yeah. about their yeah. own story. And we get very extreme yes. questions. And never, so, so I'll give you an example of this. So we, we did some work with Amnesty International um, and one of the universities in London um, around, and it fundamentally there had been an issue around um, going into uh, big companies, going into Indian um, territories, villages primarily. And there, there were, I think it was a power company or something had been taking a lot, lot of land grabbing. And, and there, what, what, what this performance was about was about understanding the way that the companies were essentially taking advantage of people who didn't really understand what was going on. Therefore, mm. for pe- for, for the, it was designed to show to um, uh, decision makers, to people working within the companies, people working within the government, exactly. How would you make a decision? Well, how would you, what decision would you make at this point? And the, and, and the idea is that you make the decision from the point of view of the company, then you make the decision from the point of view of the inhabitant or the citizen. So then we start to get this kind of citizen power and you start to see fundamentally, which is what often what a story can be, see the story from the other side. Now I've made that sound for a very, very serious subject subjects I've made that sound a little bit simplistic and uh, you know I've not really laid it out very clearly but the point here is that the forum theater style is designed for the citizens to become part of the action or to mm. offer up a story based on their experience or to force themselves as in this performance to think from the other person's perspective, i.e. not the story that you're telling, but the story yeah. that's been told to someone. And then, then you have to see it from a different perspective. And that's what, so that was an educational kind of tool designed for people to understand that mistakes have been made before and that they shouldn't be made again. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, uh, it's giving the audience power and autonomy and also, um, uh, they have to relinquish being passive because I do think a lot of uh, going back to more Western theatre and uh, and forum theatre is obviously a very specific mm-hmm. kind of theatre where it is based on interaction and improvisation mm-hmm. and response and being in the moment. Um, but when we go back to uh, theatre and you know, it, it's so interesting sitting in an, in, in an audience where th- this last week I've been to two very different shows, both fantastic, but very different. Um, one in, in a very sort of traditional kind of we sit there and we laugh. And because it was very funny, there was a lot of laughter and they'd only just started doing the show. So in terms of their in terms of the performer's listening and pacing the laughter and allowing us to laugh i think yeah. because they they just started so let us into it yeah yeah they 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 could have let let the laughter kind of uh in in engulf them a little bit more but i think they will i'd like to go and see this this show nearer uh the end of the run and then i saw a show where um there was very much uh feeling it was a solo performer um uh an amazing uh tim crouch fantastic uh and his work is very much around including the audience and including the audience in ways that that are actually that actually shock the audience you know uh and um and get us to think and it was so affecting 
and there was and the stage was bare. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. it was just it him like with a it. pair of pair yeah. of goggles on. You know, and the stage yeah. was bare, and it was the most encompassing storytelling because as an audience member you felt really held and also as though you were really in the flow of this energetic conversation mm-hmm. you know and um and i think one of the things is as you were talking earlier that i was thinking it's that connection but empathy understanding mm-hmm. you know these are the things because what makes a good story you know you're saying it's yeah. something that I want to listen. I want to continue to listen to. I want to be carried along with that. But the the things that set that up, you know, are are I suppose the the personality of the storyteller and the and the and the the, the relationship that we have to their story, isn't it? Really, that's right. Well, you you know, you, we've touched on a few things about the environment in which the story takes place. Mm. You know, um, and sometimes we love to hear familiar stories. It's like you know, I have friends that will tell the same stories over and over again. Sometimes they become more embellished as 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 they as they go forward. But we actually have a great comfort in hearing stories. Uh, that's why we love to hear family stories, and you know, we like we love those stories. So because we, we, we're part of it, you know, it's in its great. It's part of our history, and you think about it, you know. And interestingly, for the first time a couple of weeks ago for um, that I remember my mother opened up about her life story to me we we're out for a walk and it was so interesting that she felt she really wanted to tell mm-hmm. me a little bit more about her story that I hadn't heard and I found that obviously you know there's factually very interesting but also just just wondering why she had chosen now to tell me this story so we love the familiar we love things that we feel mm-hmm. very comfortable with we like to hear stories about ourselves and about the world in which we live but what's interesting about what you were saying about some of those performances is that the is this ability to let the audience into the story to bring yeah. this into yeah. the story i think that's very very powerful and you also said um to 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 go where to places where people maybe feel not uncomfortable because i don't want mm. people to feel particularly uncomfortable but but where you are you know disrupting um mm. Nat- mm. natural thought as it were so there is something new or interesting or i'm not used to so going away from the idea of the comfort story where i feel very comfortable i understand this story or i understand this world to go into a world where you're taken by the hands or you're led into a world and that you're led you're brought into this world and it may not be a world that you are aware of and now that's very enticing and very interesting i mean i mean we we did a um uh, performance a number of years ago, a play uh, a number of years ago. It's not quite as dramatic as what Tim Crouch is doing, but it was very simple storytelling, uh, traditional play in many sense of a family. But it was about a Nigerian family. The play was called Igusi Soup. It was by a yeah. British Nigerian writer, um, Janice Oko. Now, I, um, I directed that show. I didn't have a great deal of knowledge of um, Nigerian life or, um, uh, you know, how, how, how it was certainly in Nigeria but and, or in the UK, really. So I was very naive. So so for me, it was really hard, but also super interesting to come into this world and mm-hmm. to really understand the dynamics, uh, you know, the value systems. Um, and and so you become, you, you come into that world and that is because you're learning. That's the learning. Exactly. Story. The learning. That, that's yeah. different to the comfort. So you're, so we've got all of these 
different dynamics. We, we, we go to a story and we feel very comfortable. This is something we recognize. So in that, in that um, play, for example, it was very interesting how the audience has shifted. We, the play lasted quite a long time. It had a decent run. And we would see audiences shift from being purely Nigerian. So I want to go and see this story, British Nigerian. I want to go and see this story because it's about something I recognize. We don't see these stories very often on stage. So mm. let's celebrate these stories. But then it also started because it was fundamentally just fabulous storytelling about family. It didn't matter ultimately, although there was nuance of, of course, the, the particularly humour um, of, of, of this story, the Nigerian story. Actually, as we saw the audiences chat, we saw the audiences open up much more to what you, to, to less exclusively Nigerian, um, British Nigerian audience into a much, because it was just fabulously funny storytelling and powerful storytelling about families. Well, that's it, isn't it? I think it's this this uh, understanding that actually a good story is a good story, you know, and and it's that connection and empathy. When you say essentially, it's about family, and mm. it's a good and it was a good story about family, mm. and that's what draws people in because these are the universal themes, you know. We 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 gravitate, don't we, as as people who are participants i will say participants not audience but participating in a story because when we are being told a story we are participating in that and i think as those participants we really love the those themes those universal themes of people who are family and love and death and adversity and challenge and the hero's journey and yeah. overcoming adversity and this sense of something that is bigger than us actually yeah. that yeah. that draws us in and makes us uh that's those are the things when i leave yeah. uh You've having seen some something to. yeah yeah that so i you, kind you, of take you, with me you gain something of the universal. I mean, you know, um, again, it's very sort of um, basic kind of deconstruction. But, you know, we're, we're looking for, um, in the theatre certainly, when we're looking for the stories that, um, first of all, we, we respond to stories that writers want to tell. So we don't set a, a, a task. or We don't set a question per se to writers. So we, we, we build relationship with writers and we say, you know, what is it you want to talk about and how, what form, you know, um, do you want to um, uh, more passive in one sense to more interactive or what sort of form of story do you want to tell? And of course, you are to an extent looking for universal stories, as you said, you know, the stories of the big subjects. But but often it is the universal is explored through the unique, isn't it? And mm. individual stories. And I know we've talked about this before, Karen. I know you're not the world's greatest fan of the BBC. <laughs> some, some issues. I know we've talked about before. But there is one programme that I absolutely I I love Gary Lineker. Uh, no, I love, you love Gary. I know you love Gary Lineker. We've had our things about this. Um, but there's one program I actually love on um, on the BBC. It's not fictional, but it's, and, and I think fundamentally, I'm, we're talking about fictional storytelling, factual mm. storytelling, and those that meld it. What I love is that is that BBC Radio 4 program from our correspondent. What I love about that program is it mm. takes a news story, but it, it takes a fundamental news story and it always focuses on an individual or a community. So mm -hmm. the, the technique they use is they will go off to um, a potentially a war zone or somebody where there's a news story and they will find a an individual, mm -hmm. a family, 
Um, and it won't be, it's going to be called a, a citizen story. So it is told through the eyes and, and the perception of one person. Now, who who that person is and what type of story they're telling is a journalistic decision based on a mm. form. So, you, so it's who have you selected to tell this story? But the, but but what 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 what's it? By definition, that person is going to have an opinion or a point of view. It's going to be edited in a certain way. But what I love about it is it's telling the universal story of this news story, whatever it might be, through the eyes of an individual that is affected. And that, to me, can be very very powerful. And I mm. and I always think of that unique versus universal kind of um, storytelling technique. Yeah. And you work with I know that you support um, Menagerie supports uh, a lot of very unique voices and and unique uh, artists and storytellers. Um, Can you tell us about a few of the people? I know there's the uh, for the Brighton Festival, Brighton Fringe, sorry, festival that that you've got some uh, you've got some unique storytellers. Yeah. Um, so you've, you've um, sidestepped the BBC um, brilliantly, Caroline. Well done. And, uh, and also you, side, you sidestepped pronouncing Chris Dobrovolsky's uh, surname as well, just to introduce, introduce the thing. You did very well there. Um, but um, and, 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 uh, yeah, so, um, well, look, you know, like I say, you know, we, um, we, we try and set up, I suppose, a, um, a network or community, or maybe ecosystem. God, it sounds so grand, an ecosystem. Mm. And it's basically, um, you know, uh, of writers, of artists that kind of, um, again, using my um, analogy, want to spend time with us. Okay, mm. so they have something, they think we have the resources or the capacity um, to give them that framework within which they can bring their story to life. And we do have a lot of different from what you may call um, traditional playwrights people who write structured you know three-act play or whatever to to write very very diverse um, approaches to storytelling and we say you know um, tell us what you want to write about whether you're a first-time writer or a more experienced writer and we'll try and make it happen if we think it's got something that's of value um so so the the show that we've got coming up at um the Brighton Fringe which is called Toy Stories uh, has a subtitle how not to make a living as an artist um <laughs> it comes from comes from somebody that has literally we were talking about you know people telling stories that are familiar stories so telling his stories and fundamentally in the pub and chris would uh, is an artist he's a conceptual artist he makes kinetic art um he's been all around the world traveling around the world making his art and um it's all fascinating he would constantly tell me the story in the pub of this, of that, what happened to him, what people's reactions were, what mm. the surprise was. Because, you know, stories, there's always a challenge of some kinds, isn't there? Mm. Classic mm. storytelling structure. I'm going to go off on, or I'm going to be somewhere. I'm going to, you know, I might be at home, I might be away. Here's my world. Then something's going to happen. There's going to be a surprise or an opportunity. And then I'm going to have my struggle and my disruption. And then I'm going to try and work it out. Then Chris is always <laughs> getting himself basically into trouble. So this is sort of fact-based storytelling but but he the point is he's always been somebody who's wanted to get into trouble 
So I'm interested in that. So they're, 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 they're putting themselves in a situation where there's going to be trouble. Not true dramatic, of course, but he... So he's an artist that has always gone off into places, different places, taking, um, you know, objects or ideas from one place and putting it into another and seeing like a sort of experiment, I suppose, what's going to happen. And so... Um, and, and with his... Uh, this new piece that we've been uh, working on, he has been we've been constructing the narrative of some of these adventures, I suppose, and they're not, they're not so grand that he's been undertaking and then trying to make sense of what it is that's driving his, you know, need to be in these situations or strange mm. environments. So, you know, he's been back to, to follow the legacy of his father who was um, from Poland and um, fought in the second world war and then was came to England and why that story happened in that way, what that story was and how he was affected by it. And he's done it through his childhood toys and explored his childhood toys. And then we mm. find links. So basically you've got somebody who's got a lot of really interesting factual kind of stories, things that he's done. And then we're trying to uncover and connect. And it's not as sophisticated or as, as um, dynamic in the sense of the work that you're talking about with Tim Crouch, who really takes us on a very but, type of journey, but it's a very different type of storytelling. Yeah. But actually, interestingly, you say that um, Tim only, he, he was wearing a pair of goggles. There was nothing yeah. on the stage. Yeah. So, yeah. so, this is the thing I think it's it is down to what you're saying there with Chris and the, I think they are quite similar actually okay. because there's there's a there's a vulnerability mm-hmm. about just mm-hmm. being on, you just being on the stage with nothing else except yeah. your words yeah. and uh, your story mm-hmm. and I think it's it's a very I think that that's something also that the 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 listener the part the person who's participating by listening really connects to mm-hmm. because it really is your one to one in a way yeah. you know they they're talk even though you may be sitting in an audience that person is talking to you they're yeah. telling you their story and i well, think that does create that does create this immediate sort of sense of connection and I think that's right. I think that one of the things I talk about to my writers and with my writers, I'm encouraging them to to articulate this story in a way that becomes accessible and invigorating and, mm-hmm. and dynamic is, you know, we want them to ride the wave of your story. But every now and then that even though you think they're still riding the wave, that wave has crashed on the shore because of something that you've said or somewhere you've gone. And now that and I don't mean in a bad way, I mean that mm. that, that wave is either they'll continue riding that wave with you, I'm on that journey with you, or actually it's going to crash to the shore for a minute because I'm going to reflect on how I feel about mm. this and my reaction. Mm. I'll get back on um, and I'll ride the wave with you again. But the point is you're taking me somewhere where I where I feel that I will have a reaction, um, whether it is just to laugh and how silly we are or how much funny we are or or quirky we are, but or, or, or a more um, emotional reaction to something. And I will ride the wave with you, but every now and then I will get off and I will just come to the shore for a moment to reflect. But I'm still part of this experience, but, mm. but really good storytelling, I think, will have that duality of universal and unique 
It will have that ability to be able to have a universal theme and make us think, what would I do in this situation? How would I react to the situation? Or what if this was me? Or And so on and so forth. And I and I love that. And uh, when, when you're working with someone like Chris, okay, so Chris is, uh, is Christopher Ravalsky, just to finish on that kind of part. He's a brilliant artist, so you're not going to be able to, most people in the audience are not going to want or be able to make the art that he's making. But all of us would reflect on our childhood um, toys mm. or the mm. way that we what did we play with why did we play with these things what what did what stuff because we were all making up stories as kids and his was around model cars and you know and so and and, the, and then forward into the stories of your parents or your family etc etc so I think we are we all become invested in what we enjoy the quality of the story we enjoy the dynamic of the story that we're being told and we become we reflect and whether it's very guided like a forum theater or very easy and open like you just sit back and listen and think okay afterwards let's talk about it in the pub or whether you become a much more active member but not necessarily up on the stage Mm. but you become sort of very very much active in terms of wow this is really making me think what would I do if I was there? Or how do I feel about the decisions that were made by this person or the value of what they were doing? What a waste of time. Why did you bother doing that? Or why <laughs> did you do that? Or I would. what would I have done? Or what we really, really, really enjoy, going back to my Goosey Soup product, or the production I did of Goosey Soup, is you can just see, once you've established the dynamics of the family, you can just see that it's going to go wrong because everything has been set up so perfectly for an absolute you know and this is a very lovely disaster that they get themselves into and and it is fundamentally it's a classic story i guess you see i have to say it's such a wonderful Mm, one yeah it's amazing and 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 the fundamental the simple fundamental is we've got two days before the plane leaves london to go to um to lagos and it is fundamentally are they going to get on this plane and who's going to get on this plane it sounds a bit like home alone or something Mm. but actually in a way it was fundamental as that who is going to go on this plane Mm. it's as simple as that and are they going to make it and then we've all of the shenanigans of two days leading to this and once the ingredients are laid out by the playwright she's exploring all of the characters and all of the scenarios all the hopes and dreams of each of the characters you can just tell there's no way that all of this family is getting on that plane. You just know it's not going to happen. And that is, then we become invested not in being told what the story is, but guessing and invested in what is going to happen next. Well, I think that's that's it. That's the golden nugget, isn't it? It's the complicity. The The audience is complicit in the story. And that's when we also feel that we have autonomy because we are not, we're being we're being shown a story, but but we also have that connection, and because we're complicit in in we recognise all of those things that are going on, and we are just waiting for the ultimate to happen, and that's and really does, absolutely you know, yeah, um, and that's the and that's I, the really enjoyable I thing, isn't that. it, about stories? I'm I'm less I'm less of a fan in a way of um, people, people love detective stories, but I'm I'm less of a fan of detective stories in a way. I, I, I'm much more about about the inevitable. I'm much yeah. more. I, I'm much more. But uh, people love detective stories. They love working it out, and it's it's great fun. And you know, yeah. people, I'm not such a fan. But I'm as I say, 
I'm much more of a fan of. Once it's been established, you can almost already tell. Of course, sometimes, you, you know, the playwright will vary or the, the, the mm-hmm. performer will very cleverly kind of, you know, put a twist on it. But I, I actually really enjoy that, you know, the sort of, um, you know, put your head in front of your hands going, this is just not going to go well. And, mm. uh, and, and that's, and that, I mean, I think that's really great because rather than being controlled, we're being complicit and, and there's a delicious enjoyment isn't there there's a savoring savoring of of you know drawing out this story and I think that's what really amazing storytellers do they kind Mm. of draw things out you kind of have an idea of what's going to happen but also when it does come there's a massive enjoyment still of seeing that you know that 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 culmination of the story Yeah, there's a couple of um, thoughts, I suppose, on that. Um, uh, just thinking back um, to a couple of plays that I've been fairly intimate with. One one going back to the 1990s was this famous play by David Mamet called Oliana. Oh, yeah. Was, yeah. Uh, but, but it was designed to show the perception of a um, an allegation against the professor of sexual misconduct, fundamentally, um, by a student. And it was it was designed provocatively to have us do exactly what uh, me and my uh, wife did, having seen that performance, is to have an argument or discussion about mm. the perception of who was right, who was wrong, black and white, the grey area. And that was absolutely designed to provoke that discussion, argument or question about perception. Now, that's its, its own thing. That was what it was designed to do. Um, and it was very powerful at the time, kind of. People mm. basically talked about it. That was designed to do that. But I, I had another um, play that I worked on, and I'm working on actually right now, called Correspondence by a very interesting playwright called Claire MacDonald. And this play is designed almost to do exactly the opposite. It's designed to be what, what I would call a very neutral scenario. It's fundamentally a discussion between... Uh, it's not quite like my dinner with Andre, but it's not far off. But it's not a discussion about the theatre. It's just a discussion about a journey which takes place on a train. Or does it? And fundamentally, mm. it's two people just talking about where they've come from and where they're trying to go. And what's fascinating about it is, is if you ask the audience at the end of this performance, what have they seen? You will get a completely different answer from everybody. It's so yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's so mad, and that is what is brilliant about it. And I have I have people come back and say, "I've got to go and see this again because I got I just don't know." I, and I know I've seen something, but I don't know what I've seen. Or someone else will say, "Oh yeah, you know, he's a bastard, and he's going to leave." Some people say these people have never met each other before. Some people say they're at the end of a relationship. Some people will say she's manipulating his emotions. Some people say they don't exist or that he doesn't exist. And I, it sounds really, but again, that's a wonderful attempt. At just being very, very neutral, and then everyone will decide what they think they saw. So and, too and again, that's really absolutely amazing storytelling because the viewer has the power to choose. Yeah, so you get that. The viewer, right. you know, the audience has the power to choose and decide based on their own perception and their own life experience. And when is this? Is this play on at the moment? No, no. Well, I'm working on it. It's um, it's a play that we've actually had. Um, we've had for um, many, many years, almost 15 years, wow. and um, we're working on it at the moment. We're hoping it's going to be going to the Dublin Festival later this year. 
Um, it's currently playing. If you want to pop on a plane, uh, Caroline, it's currently playing in Prague <laughs> in Czech, um, which is another whole layer of uh, of uh, interest into it. Um, and it plays once a month in Czech uh, in Prague. But it's been something we've done. We've done many many times before. We're working on it again. Um, we don't have confirmation yeah. yet, but hopefully. But it's a play that we've re- always really really enjoyed. And what's interesting, of course, about that is that it's a two hander, and the the personalities of the of the actors, the attitude of the actors is so fundamental. The tonal quality on this neutral mm. scenario, um, which uses the technique we've been talking about since we started uh, on these two podcasts, which is about asking questions. And mm. it uses the technique of asking questions of each of them about where what, what journey they think they're on fundamentally. And um, yeah, so we're, 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 we're open to it. It's, I think it's something that's going to stay with us. It's one of the few plays that stayed with us uh, for a very, very long time. You know, we remount things, but, but because of the quality of this particular piece, it is published, uh, Correspondence by Claire MacDonald. I, I, I think it's a brilliant, brilliant um, play. Uh, she, she, I'm not sure she would call it a play. I think, I think she would call it a scenario. But, um, but I, I, you know, fundamentally, it's published, and um, yeah, and we're going to keep working on it. So, yeah, fantastic, it's, it's, fantastic, Paul. That's amazing. That's such good news. Um, and I look forward to seeing it maybe in Dublin. Um, also, I really look forward to seeing Chris's show, Toy Story, at the Brighton Fringe. Toy Story. Toy Story was a Disney one. We're doing <laughs> Toy it? Stories. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Toy <laughs> Story is Buzz Lightyear and his crew. Yeah, Chris sorry, is about as far away from Buzz Lightyear. Well, maybe not, actually. I think he is to Infinity and Beyond. Um, but but so Toy Stories, sorry. Toy Stories, all, yeah. All right, all right. Toy <laughs> Stories, all right. Toy Stories um, at the Brighton Fringe in May. That's in the middle of May, isn't it? And um, once again, I would like to thank you for coming on and having a a heated debate. Well, we actually weren't having really a heated debate, but thanks for coming on and just having a chat and talking about storytelling. And um, yeah, just thank you. It's been really fantastic. I've really enjoyed having you here. Thank you, Paul. My pleasure. Thanks, Caroline. Yeah. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Um, And uh, please like and share and subscribe and follow and tell the world. And um, I'll see you next time on another episode of the Perception Podcast. Bye.